Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Plus, Uh-oh. plus, we have a guest. Are you back? You are a little back. Glitchy, glitchy on the video, too. I might need to switch to... Um, is it still that way? Yeah, it wasn't that way when we were warming up, but as soon as you went live, it... Yeah, it must be when I stream. I've got... I actually... I'm just I'm in the process of replacing a router, um, okay. a stronger router in the office. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or Seems what. Seems to be catch, starting to catch up. So let's just keep going. Okay. All right. So yeah, we're in the green room today. We've got an up and coming, well, he's more than up and coming. He's he's already doing some cool stuff. Copywriter, uh, yeah. Chaba Boraji, I think is how you say it. Sounds right to Close. me. And uh, <laughs> he is a vampire from Transylvania. He drinks blood. Drinks of, blood. Uh, what he told us on the pre-show yes uh, so you'll you guys will have to take that up with him personally but uh right. he does have a beverage jonathan so bring him on shall we bring him on all right welcome to this show wow what a nice yeah. intro guys thank you so yeah. much yes i do like to drink the blood of virgins but now my <laughs> beverage of choice is just going to be a beer all right well, that's <laughs> that that'll work for this show um <laughs> Hopefully the sensors won't get us too much on the on the blood joke. But uh, right. hey. so, Chaba, tell us a little bit, um, very briefly about yourself. Then we're going to get into the beers, and then we'll get into the content of the show. Um, if you want to tease what we're going to be talking about, some of your biggest secrets, feel free to do that too. Uh, sure. So uh, my name is Chaba Borzashi. I'm originally from Transylvania, the Transylvania region of Romania, but I am ethnically Hungarian and today I live in Budapest, Hungary. But despite that, I've been a direct response copywriter for the last six, seven years now, working almost exclusively with uh, US-based clients and US-based mm-hmm. people. And uh, a few years ago, I also started my own email list. Uh, I started creating content and uh, a few like two years ago, uh, I kind of made it a little bit in the industry by baking down uh, 100 proven sales letters in 100 days while also documenting this process to daily YouTube videos. And this got the attention of a lot of A-listers and a lot of other people passionate about copywriting as well because, uh, first of all, everybody likes to get the attention on their own stuff. Uh, yeah. But also, um, nowadays, you know, lots of Younger people don't really appreciate the old school guys and they don't, they just want to learn the hacks, the new tactics. They want ChatGPT yeah. to write copy for them, but they want know, to fill in the blank templates, not have to do yeah. any work, all that stuff. Yeah. I think Kids they want the days. shortcut of the shortcut nowadays. They just want the shortcut <laughs> to prompting uh, an already shortcut system. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I tell you, Chava, two of uh, your fans, uh, A lister fans, have been on the show. Uh, Brian Kurtz has been on the show. Uh, which he would not consider himself an A-list copywriter, but he's certainly an A-lister in the industry for sure. For sure. Uh, and then David Deutsch has been on the show as well. Yeah, so we've had both those guys on. I saw them as testimonials uh, on your on your pages, and I actually heard about you through AppSumo. You had an offer there for your seven emails. I think is that where I, I think that's where I heard about you first. Wow, I never thought that. I thought that you first heard about me when Daniel Thrussell promoted me uh, to his list. Uh, he's an email copywriter, if some no, of the thanks. listeners are not really familiar with him. Uh, very quirky personality, story-driven emails, super funny guy. Uh, but, you know, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was like a, I was I was looking for a shortcut that day and mm-hmm. saw you on AppSumo and liked your stuff. So 
you know, here we are. Got you on the show now. Well, let's talk about the uh, beverage you brought on since you've got an international beverage. This is our first, I think, truly international beer on the show in 303 episodes. <laughs> wow. It's so. a pleasure to be the first then in something at least. So uh, it's a it's a beer. It's an IPA beer. Um, it's called Cheeky Sure, which is uh, basically a region of Transylvania itself. And it's pretty cool because, you know, big beer companies, what I've seen is that they don't really uh, do copy in their in their promotions or something. Yeah. They just have some vanilla, super vanilla, big brand advertising stuff or something like this. But yep. these guys, they really uh, they were really smart because a few years ago they ran an extensive campaign um, and the whole campaign was about, you know, we are the small guys and the big bad companies, Heineken, right? Uh, wanted to take this away from us because they also had a very, very similar brand in that region, right? And, right. you know, it's a typical big banks, uh, big pharma, big government, um, big beer. you know, big beer now. And apparently, of course, it connected with people, especially with the right-wing crowd um, in, in Transylvania and Romania. And uh, it became hugely successful. So they basically charge, you know, twice as much for their beers uh, they're not quite, not always uh, like um, craft beer quality, but yep. uh, it's still a decent beer for sure. Good. Well, I can tell you obviously love marketing because that's what you talked about when you introduced your beer. So we know okay. you are on the right show. <laughs> Jonathan, what do you have up there in your neck of the woods? All right. Let me show it here <clears throat> so you can get the full effect. I have a, uh, let's see, let me zoom in on this. A barrel-aged behemoth um, from uh, Three Floyds, which we've had a some of the, we, I think we featured Three Floyds a few times on on our show. Uh, American style barley wine gets the barrel treatment as we age it in bourbon barrels for over a year. This is thirteen point six percent ABV. Wow. But listen sure. to this, Sean. It's got an IBU score of eighty. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a little high. It is for us. So uh, this that is barley ale, right? Yeah. Barley wine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. I'm I'm excited to hear about that for you, but not for yeah. me. Intent, so you can get the the copy. Intense hop character. <laughs> yes. So that's that. Uh, see if it that gives like, it away right there. So. Yeah. Notes of pine saw for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I am having. If you'll uh, stop your screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see here. So I am having from Tupps Brewery. I'm having this one right here, the Dive Bar Brunch. It's an Imperial Stout, 9.8% ABV. Imperial Stout brewed with cold brew coffee, um, coconut, and cocoa nibs. I think I've had this one before. It was just it was on the rack at mm -hmm. uh, the singles rack, so I grabbed it. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I think I've had this one before, but. But hey, anytime I can have an imperial stout, it's good. <coughs> Excuse me. That's awesome, guys. I showed up like an amateur with just like this regular. That's right. <laughs> regular IPA beer. Your regular IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's from Transylvania. So you get some points yeah. for that. But it has a story. Know? So, you know, that's, exactly, why, exactly. that's why it's relevant. I didn't so know let's... people in Transylvania drink IPA. So that's, um, I'm disappointed to hear that. But I'm sure they have everything. Over there. <laughs> they, they drink all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I would well, say uh, like craft beer culture is so big there. In Budapest it is, uh, and this part of Eastern Europe it is. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's cheers it up. Jonathan's still pouring. Yeah. I'm slow to the, here we I go. Drink. The internet's slow. Look All at right. that. Let's cheers to a uh, good everyone. show. To a good show. <laughs> now, Chaba, what we do is we rate this on a score of one to five pints. You can use decimals if you want, up to two places. So, what do you give your uh, what do you give your beverage there? How many pints out of five? Five being the best. Three. All right, solid three. Jonathan. What's a behemoth taste like with an 80 IBU? <laughs> Not as hoppy as I thought it would be. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I'm probably going to give this one a, I'm going to give it a three, eight. Um, okay. It's, you know, at 13.6, it's a little, um, it's a little strong. So, not as hoppy, but it is a little, uh, the aftertaste is a little, it's a little too semi, semi-sweet chocolate or, yeah a little fermented or something <laughs> yeah. probably yeah i uh, yeah it just doesn't sit right it's not bad though 3.8 yeah. 3 3.8 is is a is a decent score so. yeah i'm gonna give mine a just a solid four mm -hmm. um it's got a little bit of a weird aftertaste but other than that the definitely got a strong cold brew taste to it yeah um and i also have as backup i've got jonathan the the uh cold oh, brew man. whiskey waiting Ooh. Uh, I am so disappointed. I was. You at, forgot that. I know. I'm, I was at Total Wine last night, and you told me I was picking up a, couple, a few singles. In fact, this was one of them, yep. and some wine, and completely forgot about that. So yeah. I'm not a. You know, usually I like the. I'm not. I'm, I'm starting to like these flavored whiskeys. You know, the the Jack yeah. Daniel's honey is really smooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then this one's really good as well. So, oh yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, enough talk about beverages. Let's roll into some copy talk with Chaba. Um, yes, definitely. Uh, man, I've got so many questions. You already kind of introduced <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Um, but why don't you? Let's talk about the. You said you were, you were in the business for about six years, and about two years ago, you decided, "Hey, I'm going to break down 100 of the best ads of all time." Mm -hmm. Um. And I'll I'll have the I have that pulled up here where you can see it. Although you may want me to show a different link, so I'll hold on for a second. So tell us about that process. Why you decided a hundred, and then how you found them? Because you've got some some more recent in here, and you even found like the copywriter names um, for some of these guys who are fairly like under the radar, even though they're mm -hmm. some of the best copywriters. Not everybody knows their names, uh, especially the two we talked about pre-show that I worked with. Um, most people don't know their name in the copywriting world, despite the fact that they write a lot of good, great copies. So <clears throat> tell us about that whole process and and then we'll start talking about individual letters and things like that. Sure. sure. So a um, bit of context before I go into this, I was always interested in psychology and business and my first degree uh, is in business and the second is in psychology and my wife is a therapist as well so psychology was always like uh, a very mm, current thing uh, wherever I lived uh, but uh, I never really found anything that combined the two in a practical way until I stumbled into the crazy world of direct response copywriting yeah. uh, it was by accident total accident but once I realized like 
oh my God, this is like a secret weapon. Uh, and nobody teaches this. Like I, I've been through basically two university studies and nobody even mentioned direct response marketing at all. So yep. I got into it. I got super uh, passionate about it. I had all the issues in the beginning, confidence issues, imposter syndrome, blank page syndrome, hat trash, uh, you know, all these stuff, which isn't really surprising since uh, the place where I come from, Eastern Europe, was under communist occupation for more than 50 years. So everybody was conditioned to be docile and to not stand out. And my parents all throughout uh, my life, they were basically telling me, hey, don't stand out. Don't try to be unique. Why? <laughs> because they were conditioned that if you do that, the secret police will come and take you away. They'll take you so, away. Right? Absolutely. Put you in a black and, car and and even to this day, some of my older relatives, they basically whisper uh, inside or in, in social situations when they talk about certain um, certain topics or something. Wow. So it's right. a multi-generational trauma. That's interesting. I, I, that's an interesting uh, perspective on, you know, having that background, you know, really playing a part in, you know, just that mentality, that mindset of getting your, you know, getting out there. So were you guys part of the Berlin Wall that same time frame or was it later? For you guys, uh, it was <laughs> it was the same time frame. Yes, okay. it was a little bit earlier technically, but uh, what basically because um, like the the leader of Romanian communism was called Nicolae Ceausescu, and oh, yeah. he was basically overthrown and executed in in 1989, December of 1989, and I was almost two years old then. Um, but uh, what happened after it is typical Eastern European. Um, post-communist oligarchy that basically happened uh, because all the people who had the high-level positions in the state-owned enterprises and stuff, they just said, oh, now we have capitalism. So cool. Let's just... <laughs> and nobody nobody in society knows how this actually works, right? Let's just dupe everyone. Let's just scam everyone. And <laughs> if you've seen any, any documentaries or something about, about what happened to Russia in the 90s, uh, mm -hmm. Well, basically, most Eastern European countries had something very similar, although not that bad. So there was lots of crime. There was hyperinflation. Um, people were encouraged to put money in all sorts of super speculative investments. And then it turned out to be a pyramid scheme in the end. Like uh, in Albania, for example, the whole government got bankrupt because of this. Like everybody was in on it. Uh, but it turned out to be a big pyramid scheme. So coming from this, this culture, from this, uh, this world, I really had to unlearn lots of the programming that I received for tens of years, basically, um, before being able to uh, properly act as a copywriter. Uh, but, 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 you know, in the beginning, I made most of the mistakes. I worked with horrible clients. I got ripped off a few times as well. Uh, but then each time I learned something and I persevered. And I was always um, super passionate about it. And basically, uh, to make a short story long, <laughs> I guess, that's how uh, I, I, I actually started thinking about doing this breakdown, breakdown challenge. Because I, at that time, I was already super interested in the old school guys. I figured that, you know, human, human behavior doesn't change. Persuasion principles don't really change. So what Claude Hopkins did 100 years ago, it's still super applicable. And all the modern day gurus are basically just rehashing the same stuff, but it's dumbed down a little bit. <laughs> right. Because for most audiences nowadays, uh, they have to dumb it down. Otherwise, they wouldn't be interested in it.
Yeah. Well, and so, that's, you know, that's true. And it's also, but that's the nuance is where the, the results are, you know, it's the stuff that's getting cut. I think that is the difference between B level and a level copy because yeah. the A level stuff's harder to do. Yeah. No so that's doubt. the first thing that gets cut. Absolutely. And also one thing I noticed is that, uh, I was, I was basically fortunate to start my copywriting training and, and, and practice before everybody else, before like all these trainings become what became widespread, before AI, before all these super easy tools. Because now what I see in my own audience as well uh, is that most people look at copywriting as a biz op and they just want to like, oh, everybody's selling copywriting programs of like how to earn 10k a month uh, without doing anything. Just just message people on Instagram, and you're going to sell them high ticket, high ticket coaching programs or something like that. But yeah. it doesn't work like that in reality. And um, all these people who think about copywriting like this, they just falling yeah. off the cliff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. It's a skill that has to be mastered. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about Mike Palmer earlier. He will talk about one of his letters. He's in your hundred of one of your hundred letters. Um, one of the first things he told me is like copywriting is a second language. Just like you had to learn English, you have to learn copy. And if you don't say fluent, you will lose it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Totally agree with you on this one. And that's why despite experimenting a lot with chat GPT and GPT four lately, and I'm super impressed by the way, also mm -hmm. terrified, but <laughs> I, I don't use it for my own copy at all. Cause right. I'm, I'm like, when I write my emails to my list, I want to be the one who writes it so that uh, I stay, you know, I, I still develop my skills. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's definitely getting better. We'll talk about that a little bit too on the show, kind of where you think that's going and how we use it. But uh, yeah, it's, it, th there's a definite upgrade from last month to this month, you know, mm -hmm. three to half to four. Uh, I did, I did an ad yesterday live on a coaching I was doing. I was like, see what it does and shot out a pretty good ad, like a B level. Mm -hmm. It's still not a level, but it was good enough, you know? Yeah, but um, you can pump out 10 of those in half the time. Right. And the people I was giving the training to, they're they're business owners, they're not copywriters, right? Yes. So for them it's a it's an improvement. Yeah. You and I might be a step back, but for them it's an improvement. So and I think that's that's where the market is right now. Yeah, so tell us like how did you pick the letters? Um here's the YouTube channel that has you can see all the different letters. You got lots of uh Ben Savinga, some Victor Schwab, Bill Bonner, the famous International Living Letter. Oh, that's a good one. Um, got a more contemporary <laughs> poopery commercial. I mean, you got some Mel Martin, Paris, Len Parpolis, um, which, you know, he's big in the health space, but I think a lot of average people don't really know who Paris is. Um, yeah, definitely not. Or Mel Martin, for that matter, or Eric. Um Got a lot of financial agora financial stuff. Um, wow, Kobe. this is this is man, you've got a lot of content there. These, yeah, these are impressive. Um, <clears throat> and then I've never. So you do, do you break down each one of these ads in the, in yeah. these videos? That's what you're exactly, doing. Okay. Exactly. So what I yeah. did is that uh, oh, I pulled up the swipe in a Google drive folder. Basically I started marking it up with my comments. Uh, and then I just, after I did that, I, I uh, turned on video. I never edited a single of these videos. That was a rule yeah. because otherwise I would have failed 10 times over. <laughs> but, uh, and I just started like reverse engineering, talking about what happens here, what type of lead is he using? What That's persuasion great. triggers and stuff like that. Wow. 
Yeah. I mean, these, you just, I mean, you're, um, yeah, these were the, so Mike Palmer's, yeah, had to be broken in two parts. That's a pan that's yeah. song. Mm. It's, um, it's a very yeah. long, so. I remember when he was writing that, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, what happened, cool story about this Java that you may not know is that that, um, that sales letter, it was Porter's idea, Porter Stansberry, like the, the, you know, the general idea mm -hmm. of the end of the dollar, that kind of stuff was his. And I, I bet five different copywriters on the team tried to write it and nobody could get it right. And then mm -hmm. just one day Mike was like, I'm on a roll. I'm at home. I'll be in late to the office. I'm writing, you know, whatever. And I think it's, it's cool too. Cause it got this nickname of end of America, but it actually never had a headline. It never had a title. It was just like the FBI warning at the beginning of the video because mm -hmm. BSLs were taken off like crazy at that time. Right. Yeah. You know, so it was designed to look like a movie. Mike's magic power was his sense of timing. Like he could read the market better than anybody I've ever worked with before or since. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, and then same thing with um, Stephen Malise too. He was on the team when I was there as well. So, um, this is yeah. amazing. I'm, I'm very impressed. This is, this yeah, is, this, what a great resource. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it is a, and each one's what, 20, 25 minutes each. Uh, at least I think yeah. the shorter videos are 20 minutes. The longer ones are like 40, <laughs> 40 to 50 sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So how did you even know to look for some of these guys? Good question. So, uh, when I started this, I was actually in Kevin, Ro one of Kevin Rogers coaching programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Rogers is the founder of copy chief. I've been a member for a few years. I've been through basically all of his programs. Uh, so he's kind of like a mentor to me. Uh, and, uh, at that time he was teaching about the bat signal. So you got to develop bat signal for yourself because that's kind of like how people identify Batman, right? When, yep. Commissioner Gordon, uh, like uh, signals, uh, the bat signal, then mm -hmm. Batman knows that he has to come. So uh, it's a ni nice, uh, you know, little metaphor uh, for us copywriters as well. You, you have to be known for something. And sure. by that time, I already had my YouTube channel. I've been experimenting with a few uh, types of content, uh, never really, you know, took off. I, I wouldn't say I... I, I I've taken off even to this point because I got like 13,000 subscribers. It's not that much, although it's a very niche, it's a super niche uh, topic that I'm creating yeah. videos on. So I'm guessing right. it's not that bad either. But um, I, I, I was like, you know, I should create something that I'm passionate about that <laughs> could be my shtick. That's evergreen content, as evergreen as it can be. That's mm -hmm. relatively easy to create content for. That's going to keep me accountable as well. And um, what else? Uh, that that's that's also going to connect with lots of people who are passionate about these things. Yeah. Well, right. and show so, off your knowledge too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I'll be, that, I bet you get a lot of business from these, right? I mean, people... Um, yeah, uh, although most of the subscribers to my email list, they want to be copywriters, to be honest, because yeah. of this. Because uh, nobody else has done ever since then something like this so it's the it's it's super valuable content there and by the way when i um when i mentioned this to brian kurtz first uh he was like chubba are you crazy like why are you putting all this all this content uh openly okay. on the web and yeah. but then kevin said you know do it do it because like nobody else has something like this and it's going to serve you for tens of years even yeah, um, yeah. It, it, a lot of people would be putting this behind a paywall you know yeah. so it's it's uh pretty 
pretty cool that you're just putting this out. You know what I found? Uh, I think early on when I started the copywriting, I some I followed Ramit Sethi for a long time, mm-hmm. and he once said that he gives away ninety percent of his uh, his uh, knowledge yeah. and his wisdom for free because people are going to pay for ten percent. So what mm-hmm. I discovered is that uh, despite it's all out there. Almost nobody watches at all, right? But everybody wants the shortcut. Everybody wants to know the, the 10 biggest insights. And that's what my lead magnet is, is about. Right. And that's what my one of my paid products is about. It's the swipe file, my marked up swipe file with all my notes and comments and stuff like that. Because people want the swipe file. Sure. Yeah. Um, so how did I change these? Um, uh, how did I uh, like choose these? Uh, in the beginning, I was uh, actually following uh, a course called Copy Hour by Derek Johansson. It's a, it's, it's a course that uh, encourages you to hand copy. So I heard about this ever since I got started, but I never really went through it. But I got access to it because it was part of some bundle that I purchased a few mm. months before. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to like follow this and see see where it goes. And uh, I that, also... Is that the one that had like eight letters in it? Did you hand, hand copy the di- eight different letters or was it more than that? It's more, it's 90 days, 90 days, every single day, he sends you an email with a letter and just, uh, you know, encourages you to to hand copy the headline or some bullets or something like that. And I, in the beginning, I started hand copying, but I also thought, you know, why not take this one step further? Why, why not, instead of just passively consuming the information, teach it back to people? Because it, then I also learn way better from this and also it's useful content for others as well. So in the beginning, I followed based, I think the first 10 or 15 letters or something were all basically uh, recommendations based on that program. Uh, so that's how I, yeah, it, it was easy to choose. I didn't want to like um, be potentially discouraged by not knowing what to choose, right? right? But then eventually I was like, oh, let's, you know, Brian always talks about Mel Martin. Let's break down something from Mel Martin. Paris Lampropoulos is like amazing and nobody and and, and he's super secluded and and he has no courses or something out there. Let's see what he does. And then so on and so forth. I was always a big fan of of Gary Halbert uh, and and Gary Bensivenga too. So the two Garys. And Mm -hmm. I think most of the breakdowns are from Gary, the two Garys. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Gary Bensivenga is probably my favorite copywriter, period. Like if I had to pick one. Um, it's like picking your kids, but if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd definitely pick Gary Bensavinga. Um, he just, to me, that's like, if I could aspire to write a certain way, it'd be like him. Mm-hmm. The less hype, more proof, you know, just mm-hmm. very clean copy. Like, it just feels like you're reading a blog post or something. And next thing you know, you're whipping out your card by, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Fun fact, um, he's on my email list, by the way. I'm not saying he reads all of my emails, but in the beginning, he did read them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, what's your favorite one? What's your of the hundred? What's your favorite letter? That's that's a super hard question. Um, yeah. Do I have to choose just one? I can give me your top. What's three the favorite ever. between the two Garys? How about that? <laughs> the two Garys. Okay, so I think. Uh, Number 100, get, uh, Larry's weight loss, weight loss secret. That was one of my favorites uh, from Gary Halbert. Ah. That one. Yep. Okay. Uh, because it, it was just, I, I don't even remember why I chose that. It was particularly a decision why uh, to choose it as like uh, the, the 100th issue. I don't know why I chose it, uh, but 
Hmm. It was just everything connects, right? Yeah. Uh, it just it just works. Well, it's interesting. I think. I mean, just I'm not sure I've ever read that one, but just looking at the headline, Larry's weight loss secret. I mean, for that, like, I don't let me. I don't remember what the actual. Uh, let me just send you a link to the swipe itself. So you can also uh, pull it up. Yep. So you have, so what you're saying, you have swipe files for each right. one of these that people yes. can access. Okay. Uh, well, yes, if they purchase the if swipe. If they purchase, that's great. Yes. So that's the back end. So each one, if I click on each one of these, there's a link to the uh, swipe file um, where they can order or? Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if, if it's a direct link. Uh, it might be because okay. originally uh, the swipes were free. So as I was doing the challenge, I was just like, you know, here's the Google Drive folder. Uh, I'm just constantly adding new swipes to it. Just yeah. follow along as you as you watch the videos. But then eventually I uh, I uh, I made these uh, paid product itself. But this is how most of these look, right? And everything is is marked oh, up wow. with by my comments and by sure. notes. Some of them have a shit ton of comments. Uh, mm -hmm. This one doesn't really have much, but uh, yeah, I think this was one of my favorites. Yeah, I think it's. One, it's from a guy. Usually a lot of weight loss stuff is, is focused around women. Mm -hmm. So I think that makes it a little bit more unique. Um, right. but, you know, it's a classic story, um, which if you're going to cold traffic, I actually did a training on this yesterday. Like if you're going to cold traffic or, you know, the wider, you know, the whole indirect direct scale from Schwartz and, and great leads, like that whole thing, you know, it, that's how you hit the bigger things. And everybody's so like, niche within a niche within a niche right now yeah i call it nicheception because like hmm. you know it's like everybody's trying to find these niches within it and then they wonder why they can't scale because they niche <laughs> down that it doesn't relate to you know bigger audiences so um yeah so what was it about this that now that you see it again what was it about that you you're like man this needs to be my hundredth well first of all um I wanted to finish with Gary Halbert. Uh, it was basically a, a decision, I think, between this one and Gary's own personal ad. If you if mm. you've ever heard about that one, he once wrote an ad uh, promoting himself to women and right. ran it in the LA Times, and that's also a hilarious one. Um, so, but I chose this because I think it's a, an amazing uh, case study of a of an incredible transformation. Just look at the picture itself and yeah. and, and the headline and. Uh, it's it's super small type now, so I can't really see it right like this. But if I open it up in my own computer, uh, I love these because it, it always feels like it, like an advertorial um, or an article, you know, with the you know how they're broken down in the columns. These are yeah. so good. And yeah, it's we, like an incredible story, an incredible uh, newsworthy story, right? Which is mm -hmm. actually a sales letter. Yep. Yeah, and some of these head subheads, you know, seventy-four inch waist, like, you know, it makes you think, like, man, if somebody with seventy-four inch waist can do whatever, surely I can, you know, I can do yeah. whatever, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, um, like you said, the image is good. Hundred seventy-five pounds, seven fifty. I wanted to, like, yeah. There's just so many like things to grab your eye to make you start reading. That mm -hmm. it's, it's just unbelievable. And also the emotions in the story. So I'm getting goosebumps right now as I'm reading the story because there's a part here that said, um, it says, uh, I couldn't climb stairs.
could hardly fit behind the steering wheel of my car and had no girlfriend. What girl would look twice at a grotesque slob like me? I was too ashamed of myself to even have my picture taken for the high school yearbook. And after I graduated from high school, things went from bad to worse. Now I had no school to attend. I had no job and no future. I slept until noon every day just so I wouldn't have to deal with the pain of living as a freak. I was five feet seven and weighed an estimated 750 pounds. The last time I found a scale that could weigh me, a truck scale, I weighed 643 pounds and I had gained at least 100 pounds since. So it's super yeah. powerful, super, super powerful. It hits, it's a punch in the gut story. For sure. And I think a lot of people um, today, especially when I'm talking to people, they're, they're afraid to go there with like the, that much, you know, whether it's negative or that much pain, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're afraid to go there. You know, they're like, oh, because it feels uncomfortable sometimes when you're writing that. Like, it feels like you're twisting the knife too much sometimes. Um, but yeah, you've got it. It's, you know, all good salespeople know. Like, I know you've been in sales. You've done phone sales. You've done some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, you got to bring that that pain out um, to the front or else yep. <clears throat> you don't get that out. It's it's hard to, hard to, that emo- it doesn't necessarily have to be pain. I guess the emotion, either way, whether it's positive or negative, but the pain seems to work. But yeah, just it feel everybody that's overweight feels some version of that is why I think it works. Yes. So what was one of your other favorites? So that was one of them. Okay. One of my other favorites. Let's see. So many. Um, <laughs> it's hard to choose. It's hard to choose like that because uh, I liked every single one of them, to be honest. Right. Um, you wouldn't have picked them if you didn't. <laughs> yes, yes. I also like the newer ones as well. Like even after this, I broke down a few of them, for example, as like uh, 103. I broke down uh, a direct mail piece from Russell Brunson, which was promoting mm-hmm. an NFT offer mm. for um, for funnel hackers, uh, which was also pretty cool uh, using all the principal fundamentals. It's really visible how uh, influenced Russell was by Dan Kennedy, by all of Dan oh, yeah. Kennedy's stuff. And I, I regret that I didn't really break down anything from Dan Kennedy. Uh, I should have, because I love Dan Kennedy's stuff and I listen to so many of his, his stuff. Right. Um, but maybe in the future itself. Well, what's interesting about Dan Kennedy is he breaks a lot of the, some, especially like his sentence structure is really long compared to a lot of copywriters. Yes. Like he'll do a lot of commas. Yeah. Like it's, it's very interesting to read his stuff. Like, you know, the side thoughts, you know, that kind of, that a lot of people be like, why it's so it's tangent, but it's always with very precise purpose. You know, it feels like he's going off on a tangent with these, these asides and commas or parentheses or whatever, but then it always comes back around. You're like, Oh yeah, that I get that. Like, um, I've always found that interesting. Like if you put his, his writing through an FK score, I bet it's like oh, 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that. You yeah. Know? Easily. Definitely. Yeah. Um, whereas everybody else is, no, you got to write it to six, you know, it's like, yeah, Dan Kennedy breaks that rule for sure. Jim Rutz is another like that. He, uh, I think he wrote a little wordier than, um, a lot of the copywriters. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a chance to meet him, never worked with him, but mm-hmm. did have a chance to meet with him when I worked at Stansbury as well. Um, he had some, he had some great ones. Um, I think you've got two of his in here. You had Champagne Larry, and then you also Read This or Die. Yes. Which Read This or Die was like a really edgy back in that day. Oh, like yeah. Today oh, it'd yeah. be, you know, it wouldn't be as edgy today just with 
people say anything on the internet these days, but like back then, <laughs> right. That was a bold statement to say. And I think it, it, I might be mistaken, mistaken on this, but I think it was the first book log uh, like that. Cause it really looked like, like a 60 page book. And it, right. it's also the design. It looks like a short booklet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was actually reading your uh, memoir today. Mm -hmm. um, I went through all of it. So I didn't have to wait for the email to come in every day. <laughs> nice. Um, but that reminded me of a book log, the way you wrote mm -hmm. that. It very much feels like chapters in a book log. You could put that in print, drop it in the mail, and probably do really well with it because it definitely had that book log feel. And some of the stuff you did in there um, is very book log like, where you just keep kind of stringing people along and opening mm -hmm. loops and leaving loops open. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. It's really good. It's re I'm really thinking good. of maybe turning that into a book as well, like a, like a short book uh, for lead generation purposes. Um, so it's great to hear that you also think like that. So, yeah, no, we, we had a guest on, um, who does the shooks, Jonathan? Um, Mike Capuzzi. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Mike Capuzzi. Yep. That'd yeah. be a great little mm -hmm. thing for be. one of his books. Definitely. That'd be good. So, right, tell us what else you're up to. I know you're training, but kind of what do you, let's, let's shift to, do you mind talking about AI for a little bit? Sure. <laughs> sure. We love Ooh, talking about that right let's now. Let's see, how much time do we have, right? What, first of all, <laughs> let's just give like where you're at on AI right now. You said, I know you said you still write your own copy, especially emails, but you've been mm -hmm. playing with it. What are you noticing? What are you, what are you afraid of? What are you excited about? I'm a little lethargic to be honest, because okay. I feel like <laughs> what's the point of life? Because in, in two years, all these things are going to like uh, totally transform society anyway. Um, I agree. And you cannot even stop it because China is going to do it anyway. And we cannot really fall behind. Right. Um, I don't know, to be honest, like I'd love to say that I'd love to say that I understand it or that I, I, I feel like I'm an expert at it or something, but I, I'm not. And I, I don't even know who really is. My best guess is uh, is Sam Woods. If you know him, he has some great AI trainings. Uh, I've been through and been in one of his, his his programs. I've been through one of his courses, which was pretty mind blowing. Um, but what I've seen in AI is that it's very good at you can outsource creativity to it. And yeah. I never five years ago, I never and I think nobody ever thought about uh, AI coming for the most creative, the most intellectual jobs first. And mm. being a laborer is gonna <laughs> is gonna guarantee that you have a job for at least how many, who knows how many more years or decades. <laughs> but if you're an IT programmer, if you're a writer, most like lower skilled content writer, if you do basic automations, if you're a graphic designer, whew, you're in for for a wild ride. Yeah. I mean, graphic design, man, that's really getting hit fast, but I think copy is the same way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's learning so fast. Like even if I just skip a week and I come back and I try something else, like the same basic prompt is getting a much better answer. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause all these, you know, I think marketers as usual tend to jump on the train first for these kind of new tools and things like that. So probably like, marketers and coders and things like that are, are the ones teaching mm -hmm. this AI, whether mm -hmm. it's chat GPT or another kind of what it's looking for. Um, you know, advertising always pays the bills, right. As, as far as keeps the economy going and everything 
but yeah, it's talk about creativity. Um, friend of mine a couple weeks ago, um, Jonathan, it's Ben who we've had on the show. He was playing around with chat GPT and he wanted a Seinfeld reunion show. I and see, he said, yes. Did you see that? Like he I did that. I saw your post. That's so, that was amazing. So Ben did that a couple of weeks ago. He did the Seinfeld reunion show and had just that's all he put in. Write me a script for the Seinfeld reunion. And it was amazing. So today I was my birthday was last week and I was getting rid of, you know, the birthday card. And I was like, What I is it too soon to throw away birthday cards? Like, I don't know. And I was like, this would be a cool stand-up bit. And I was like, I wonder what a Seinfeld show would look like around <laughs> birthday cards. So I went to chat GPT and I asked it to write an episode. Um, and dude, it absolutely nailed it. Like yes, it's right, right. The whole thing, like it put in like the scenes it put in, you know, it gave it the title, wow. the birthday card dilemma. Um, and like just everything like you if you read through this i've had several people already comment and they're like i can it, it feels like i just watched the show yep <clears throat> and yeah and it's like the dialogue is is spot on with yeah. each one of the characters and just their own unique voice i mean it's it's crazy. Yeah, so, so one of my friends wrote, thanks for that, Sean. Now I'll never get that fake scene out of my head. One day I'll right. tell someone about this episode that never happened. That never happened. You know, so like the disinformation uh, yeah. is strong with this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. That's for sure. That's, yep. that's, I think, the scariest thing about all this is the, you know, yeah. the, the potential be, for disinformation. Absolutely. Because people are like, yeah, no, I saw that. I remember that. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> so Chava, have you used it uh, for good? Have you been able to find a, a source for it for good, even if it's like brainstorming or mm -hmm. things like that? I've been using it for research primarily, uh, mm -hmm. especially um, pasting in all sorts of text and identifying various emotional themes, uh, mm -hmm. pulling out uh, you know, the pains, fears, hopes, and dreams of the ideal customer avatar that this text was written to, uh, rewriting text, uh, simplifying text, um, you know, you could do stuff like uh, put in some text, which is like longer form copy. And you just say, you know, create like a shorter form um, email out of it by touching on these specific points uh, while also changing the tone, changing the voice, making it more conversational. You know, I've been playing around with that. But, you know, I'm usually the type of guy who doesn't really uh, move on to something until yeah. un unless unless I feel like I'm relatively confident at it. Uh, I'm not the, 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 the move fast and break things type of person. True. Um, I should yeah. be, I, I would be a better entrepreneur if I were, but I'm not. Um, yeah. So well, that's probably what makes you a good copywriter. Cause you are slow, a little bit slower, more methodical, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which is what makes a, a really good copywriter. Cause you do have to work those things out, you know, step-by-step step, the, you know, you're not just going to throw out the first draft. You got to do a mm -hmm. second draft, third draft, and yep. you know, cut and rework and all that stuff. Right. Uh, I I think you know. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, with an idea that came to mind is that I I feel like I'm kind of in this uh, philosophical crisis when it comes to uh, ChatGPT uh, because so far, you know, to be a copywriter, you have to write and then you have to edit. These are two skill sets that are slightly different from each other right. but now you gotta act you gotta kind of forget about the writing parts 
mm-hmm. in a bit in a sense and you have to be a better editor and you have to kind of act like a copy chief to junior writers all the time and you have to be you have to learn a new language because you have to know how to really talk to this system so that it gives right. you the output that you want it can give you the output that you want but you have to specifically ask you have to give it context and modifiers and specific commands and 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 lots of things like that and it it makes me it makes me a little feel feel a little weird because i'm when i when i write i get into this writing mode and i feel like i'm creating something right but with this uh it conflicts with this i can't so i i feel like if i write i write if I do some some other stuff like tech stuff or automations, I build out automations and convert it or something, it's a different part of my brain. But when I'm using ChatGPT, it's still conflicted. I don't know if this makes sense, but um, oh, I, I get, I totally get it. Yeah, it confuses me. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's you know, kind of if you've been a copywriter for six years, you know, um, I've been doing this for like fifteen years. Like, part it becomes part of your identity. Mm-hmm. And then to just farm that part of your identity out to a computer, yeah, that's yeah, a, it's good a little, it's it. a little soul wrecking, you know. It's like yes. mm-hmm. oh, that's perfectly explained. It's like, oh man, I don't, uh, what, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> like, what good am I? And and that's the you know, I think that's the angst, the existential angst you probably feel. You know, two years down the road, where is this stuff going to be? I mean, they're talking about Chat GPT five will be out by the end of the year. I just can't even imagine what that's going to look like at this point. Like, cause you know, it's going to be an exponential jump. Yeah. So we don't, we don't know what that looks like. Um, you know, I know Musk and a bunch of people signed a document. They're like, let's put it on pause for six months, but we, we all know what that's, does that do. Right. I mean, that lets them catch up. That's what it does. <laughs> exactly. That's the only thing they're going for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was just listening to Lex Friedman's podcast. He was talking to Sam Altman, who's the find, founder of OpenAI. And mm-hmm. even Sam said that, you know, we, we just don't understand ex- exactly everything about this model. We have yeah. a guess. We have a good guess, but we don't know everything yet. And I think even if this gets paused for six months, we're still going to just catch up. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It, it, it's like the toothpaste out of the tube. It's, it's, yeah. it's already too late. So you, you, you're going to have to adapt and, you know, it's, it's like I heard an interview this week, you know, because I mean, this affects copywriters, but it also affects so many other. Oh, it affects everything. Everything. I mean, I, if so, you sit down and really mind map this stuff out and what, it, what industries it could hit, there's nothing that's safe. Like I can't think of one thing <clears throat> that in two years from now, it wouldn't touch. Sex work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, for now. With a with a in combination with some other things, like it could probably between robots and stuff. I mean I, I think I, it's crazy. I think the the relationship side is, you know, if you're and this goes to anything, if you're if you add some area of relationship and there's there's a personal side to your business that's gonna be hard. And you know, we can argue eventually that'll <laughs> AI is gonna learn how to be you know, handle the, you know, the emotional and the empathy, uh, part of Dude, just you know, dealing with the, people. uh, watch the Bruce Willis film surrogates from like 2009 yeah. or 10 yeah. or 12, somewhere in there. Right. Um, it's a different model cause you had like these robot clones of yourself out in the world. So it wasn't like a metaverse. It was more like the real world, but it was a robot, but yeah. you were strapped into this chair. That was all VR. That yeah. to me is like, scarily accurate along with that and minority report together like you merge oh. those two together and it's like <laughs> that's where we're yeah. headed oh you yeah know? 
And yeah. idiot, you got to throw idiocracy in there too, as, as far as a movie. Um, oh, definitely. That has to. That's has to com- that's coming pretty fast as well, especially as we don't have to do these things. You know, it it is kind of like what happens to our our creative brains if we're just mm-hmm. prompting and we're not working through. It's kind of like the old same thing with Google Maps, right? People are not as good with directions and getting around as they used to be because right. you don't have to be. You just yeah. wait for the next prompt and it Absolutely. tells you where to go. Yeah. When somebody yeah. wanted to take over the world, they just send everybody to the same spot <laughs> off a cliff or something with their GPS. <laughs> That's right. Just hack the GPS system. And people would literally drive off too. Yeah. I mean, must be fast. Oh, point. it's two minutes faster going over the cliff. <laughs> must be the best way. That's right. I think. That's a good point for sure. Uh, I think the problem in this situation is that we're outsourcing our own critical thinking and our own uh, problem-solving abilities. And we are fortunate because we grew up in the world in which we had to learn this. But what about Mm -hmm. the next generation? Like, I'm going to become a father in one and a half months. We're going to have a baby girl. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Cheers. uh, Cheers. And and I was already, like, talking to my wife, and, and I said, you know, Who's going to, like, once she gets into school, like, what type of teacher does she going to have? Probably a robotic one because, like, most teachers are, aren't really good teachers at all. And any mm-hmm. model, even to this day, I mean, I, I saw a case study somewhere. Uh, a guy uh, basically created, like, a chatbot, like a specific version based on GPT-4 uh, and integrated it into into some some teaching environment or something and most students reported that it was way better actually it it, it taught them math for example way better way more efficiently hmm. that's so, crazy well i mean rich shepherd has been saying for a few years i think it's rich um you know he's been talking about ai and things like that for a little while and there's a lot of people who believe and it's already happening but a lot of people believe you will actually choose like there'll be a chat option on a website and it'll give mm-hmm. you the choice between person or AI. Mm-hmm. And, and within two years, two to three years, everybody will choose the AI cause it'll be faster, more accurate. Um, give you less attitude, like the whole bit. So same with doctors, actually, same with lawyer, lawyers, I think yeah, sure. any type of yeah. customer service. Yeah. You're going to want something that, you know, is doesn't have an attitude or whatever. And it has access to all the information, not just, you know, whatever like so yeah it's i think we're gonna i think people are like no I'm, i would never give into it i think it's gonna happen so fast just like app culture happened you know yeah. in half the time right. of internet culture yep ai culture is going to be even faster than that yeah hmm. my yep. my concern is are our brains capable enough to adapt to this just as well as we've adapted to to anything else like can we keep up with with how far, how, how fast this is progressing. I don't know. That, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, we humans, if nothing else are very resilient and adapt, you know, very fast. So yeah. I think, uh, but can we adapt that fast? You know, I mean, everything else has been a 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year cycle in the, in this last century, you know, where you machines been a 50, you know, 50, 60 year cycle where they started replacing factory workers and things, you know, it's kind of gradual mm-hmm. assembly line, all that stuff. And then you yeah. got into the knowledge work and that was kind of 25, 30 years. And then the internet came along. That's been a little bit quicker and then the apps. And then, so yeah, it'll be interesting because it's just getting faster and the 
the time to adapt is getting shorter for sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So how do we, uh, Chaba, since you're in the, the world of making money for people and for yourself, you know, through, through persuasion and sales and copy, how do we all get rich in the next two years? So we don't have to worry about this. <laughs> oh, if I knew that, uh, interesting. I don't know. You could become a hacker or something. Uh, <laughs> use use ChatGPT or, or GPT four five to yeah. rob banks or something. Um, I think that could be like if it somehow also quantum computing if it advances fast enough and it allows you to break encryption, then it's game over because then everybody's like we we go to sleep on a Friday. Uh, Monday morning we wake up and all our money, all our investments, everything is just gone. Yeah. It's crazy because like AI can now start helping with some of these problems we haven't been able to crack. Right. Because it has all the brains in one brain, basically, right? It has mm -hmm. all the data mm -hmm. and people are like, yeah, but it can't do make connections. The heck it can't. It absolutely <laughs> can. Um, I've actually prompted. I was like, you are Gary Halbert. And, and yeah. I just get to mm -hmm. write in the style of Gary Halbert and it just, it nails it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Or I'll say be a mashup of this person and this person or whatever. And it's, it, it's amazing how quickly it gets, gets close, you know, pretty darn close. So, mm -hmm. but what about uh, people who passed away? Like you feed all their data, all their audio recordings, videos and everything to, to, to GPT four. And it creates a chatbot bot, uh, based on a loved one, for example, who passed yeah. away, and you can chat with them and they sound and feel like, uh, also wow. synthesizes voice, uh, synthesizes yeah. video and everything. And, and all those tools are already out there. Like that's yeah. just, it's just meshing them together. I, I read this week that the first chat GPT created app is now live mm -hmm. on the app store already. Really? 98% 98, 98 created by chat GPT. Like there was like 2% of edits and it, it's already live. Um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, let's get back to a little bit of marketing copy. Um, Kind of, what are you up to, you know, until we all get replaced, like, what are you up mm -hmm. to and, and what are you excited about right now in the world of either direct response, marketing, just your career? So, uh, I'm actually in, in a, in a process of transitioning away from serving the copywriting market, because what I found after, you know, posting these videos on YouTube and creating lots of content about this is that I get lots of wannabe copywriters, uh, who, who sign up for my list. They enjoy the free content, of course. But 99.9% uh, .9 of them are never going to make it because, like we talked about before, they look at copywriting as a biz op. So mm -hmm. basically, I, I have a few courses aimed at copywriters, at beginner ones. I have, you know, one that helps them find clients. I have my 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 uh, core product, which is called Breakthrough Conversions Academy, uh, which is kind of like uh, the product pitch after that uh, thing that you also read, you know, the memoirs <laughs> series. Um, yeah, Breakthrough Conversions Academy. Although if you click that, I think you're going to go to the product page itself. It's a pretty cool one, actually. And I think it's still going to be relevant, even the age of uh, ChatGPT, because uh, unless oh, yes. you understand the fundamentals and how the whole strategy works, uh, you're still not going to be able to use the output that ChatGPT gives you properly. Exactly, right. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. this is the... Yeah, if you, you gotta you still have to know what to prompt at this point. Exactly. And you have to know also how to edit. And you have right. to know you have weave to weave everything be, together. 
And you have to be able to anticipate whether that copy is going to perform because you still got to pay to test it in a sense, especially exactly. for, for cold traffic. Yeah. So yes. you got to explain what is neuroplastic belief shifting because I love that term. Yeah. yeah I, I sent um, Jonathan your your seven-part guide. I guess that's, <laughs> that's the same, same kind of thing, right? Yeah. So uh, actually, I, I, I developed this. Um, so after I did my 100-day proven sales at our breakdown challenge, I discovered that all these old-school copywriters, they were using basically – uh, the same strategies, and everybody had their own flavor to it. Like Eugene Schwartz, uh, they he he basically said that you know the key is to channel mass desire onto your product. He came up with the stages of awareness. He came yep. up with uh, the stages of market sophistication. Um, but basically, I think one of the I mean this worked, of course, but. Some other A-list copywriters, old school A-list copywriters, also approach the same uh, fundamental problem of, of how we actually persuade people, but from a different perspective. Like Gary Halbert, if you ask me, I think his, his biggest strength was awakening deep emotions in people. Uh, Gary Bensavenga was about, was about proof marketing, and it's about mm -hmm. content-based marketing. Uh, Dan Kennedy was about uh, shifting beliefs. And especially this belief shifting framework and this sequence of agreements that you have to get from people in order for them to uh, start believing that, that, that there's this one buying belief. Um, this got me thinking. And one time in the gym, as I was listening to the um, Andrew Huberman podcast, I don't know if you, if you guys know that, it's a yeah. neuroscience podcast. And he was, he was uh, basically talking about how people, um, how, ch how they change, how the brain changes itself, how neuroplasticity happens. Right. And he was talking about that. Basically, you need to have three uh, specific neurotransmitters all acting in certain regions of the brain if you want to uh, see change happen. And this is, the first one is epinephrine, which is basically the neural version of adrenaline, um, acetylcholine, and dopamine, right? Yep. And uh, uh, if you have these three things, uh, then um, change, like fundamental neurological change is going to happen. And how you, how you trigger the release of the neurotransmitters is first you get focused onto something uh, like deep work, for example, or you get in a flow state and that triggers epinephrine. Uh, then you get focused uh so you first, you get alert. Sorry, I said focused. You get alert. Uh, that triggers epinephrine. Then you get focused. Uh, and this, this, as the name says, it focuses all the attention of your brain onto certain things. It marks which neurons and brain regions uh, need to change uh, and which ones don't. And this triggers acetylcholine. And then you generate repetitions, which means... Uh, you handwrite copy, for example, or you just uh, anything you want to learn, you have to put in repetitions. And this, or, I mean, I think this dopamine. Yeah. And this also like we've talked about this on the show before, like when you do repeating phrases in your copy or mm -hmm. in great speeches, the I have a dream speech from Martin Luther King, like that repetition is is this is, you know, part of this dopamine, you know, hit too. exactly. And, and I and I was really noticing in this, um, in your seven part series, like I was really noticing the way 
you kind of kept saying that you reintroduced these ideas at the beginning of each chapter, uh, which is something I've seen Mike Palmer do in his book of logs. And it just, it, and then you peel back a little bit more of the layer each time, mm -hmm. but you reintroduce. So you're getting that repetition mm -hmm. and you feel like you're learning. Um, I mean, you've done, I mean, that, that series, those seven part series, um, you know, with this whole neuroplastic belief shifting was, I, I can tell you like took a little bit from every copywriter you studied over the hundred things and you, you dropped in a little proof here, you dropped mm -hmm. in the repetition, you dropped in the, you know, the case studies and like, it's a, it's really a master that letter to me is a master class in like taking all these different elements and putting it into one thing. Uh, yes, I, I was purposefully doing that. And yeah. if you if you open up that document again, uh, if you want to yeah. pull it up and scroll down a little bit, I think uh, people are going to find it super helpful. If you scroll down a little bit, and I think that's the the key thing about this whole thing is like how how I discovered like uh, if scroll up a little bit up because now it's a little more up, a little more. Okay, stop, stop. So uh, what I noticed while breaking down these sales that are is that all these superstar copywriters they were they were unconsciously, but doing these things, they were doing the three things. They were releasing the same neurotransmitters. So to trigger the release of epinephrine and get alert, uh, they came up with big ideas that, mm -hmm. you know, tease the solution that was different and superior. They engineered headlines that shocked people out of their zombie state. They wrote leads that evoked feelings, right? This one got people alert. Then right. One step deeper, they released acetylcholine in people by painting vivid mental pictures. That's very important. You know, the show don't tell principle. They right. included specific details in their copy. They tapped into the already existing problems that people have. And then finally, to trigger repetitions, they made the copy easy to read and enjoyable. They used stories. They used repetition in the copy itself. Yep. And, uh, and you know, I just I just figured out, like, you know, they were doing this. And I think it was a big, one big analogy. And I was like, you know, I got to write this down. I got to put this into my own model. Mm -hmm. And that's Which probably helps you just flesh it out too. And really understand it for yourself. Cause you're basically teaching it when you write a letter like this. Cause it, yes, this, it came across as very content driven, you know, very Gary Bensavinga like very Gary Bensavinga like, yes. Um, and that, but, um, I got to ask, because this part here, the vivid mental pictures that you talked about to release the um, acetylene, acetylcholine, like, mm -hmm. have you done, gone through Eugene Schwartz's Brilliance Breakthrough? Um, not the whole book parts of it. I've read yeah. Breakthrough Advertising multiple times. Brilliance Breakthrough is, is a hard book to get through. Well, it's a workbook. And it's not even a book you read. It's, yes, it's literally yes. a workbook that you sit down and work through. But I think that is one of the most underrated books out there and it, it is so hard to get through, but man, if you can go through the exercises, what he, this is what he teaches is how mm -hmm, to create exactly. vivid mental pictures. And he breaks it down like your 10th grade English teacher, you know, like almost like diagramming sentences. Like he's like, you know, this word is here because of this and it's a modifier of this. And it's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, it feels like a grammar, but man, if you get it, it changes your copy forever and, and you, and you use it. I mean, you talk about, um, you know, some of these phrases, you know, shock people out of their zombie half asleep state. Like that's a very vivid picture that anybody that's ever watched a zombie movie can get <laughs> yeah. immediately. Right. That comes from John Carlton directly. That's why I put it in quotes yeah. too. Um, you know, those kind of, those kind of phrases, 
um, you know, are just so powerful. Clayton Makepeace was really good at this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, like those types of pictures. Um, I actually, I'm getting ready to write a big thing, and I've I've got my my blue folder that has like a lot of my from things from the Masters in it, and one of them that I have in here is um, Clayton Makepeace's things, how to electrify your ads, and then like um, how to be, beat the blank page blues. Like these were <laughs> supplements from one of his courses and then his, which I think I saw you actually broke this down the 21. Yes. Bullets that ignite. Yes. Selling power of copy. That's, that's amazing. That, that, that issue. Um, like that in it, that alone can sell most of the stuff out on the internet these days. Mm-hmm. Just like, if you could learn bullets, mm-hmm. well, let me just ask you, do you agree? Like if you could get really good at bullets, do you agree that you could sell just about anything online today? I think big ideas plus bullets. Okay. Just bullets themselves, yes, but not necessarily to cold audiences. But a big idea plus bullets, boom, you have like a squeeze page, which is super high converting. You have a sales page, you have yeah. VSL, anything. Yeah. It's it's really powerful because the I always I've always said it's like a riddle. Like bullet good bullets are like riddles. Like your brain will not sleep until it gets the answer. <laughs> yeah. And you and you have to put the answer behind a paywall. And that's the mistake right. I see most people use. That's if I learned anything from Agora and working there, it was like they don't get the answer until they pay. Period. Like, you know, they do their free reports and they build those up and all that kind of stuff. And and you don't get the answers of what's in those free reports until you subscribe and pay to yes, subscribe exactly. and everybody else is giving this stuff away too soon i think you know and i know there's there's both sides there's the um like was it ramit sethi you said like or somebody that um you ramit know you give sethi, away yeah. the stuff so um where you, do you, you fall give a, on that you give away the um the what, the what the but you but 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 you don't give away the how yeah, exactly. Or the why, sure. actually. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, have you have you listened to the Gary Halbert All Star Audio series? Um, it's a it's so. a it's a really really amazing. Um, I don't have a link for you right now, but it's a really really amazing um, audio series of a listers reading famous Gary Halbert letters, basically. So uh, all like David Dodge, Paris Lampropoulos and Kevin Rogers is the one who narrates the beginning at the end because he has a nice husky voice. And (laughs) I think it was uh, Paris was the one who talked about bullets. And uh, he also mentioned the same thing that you mentioned, that good bullets are the open loops and some people toss and turn and they cannot go to sleep (laughs) unless they buy this. Right, because yeah. they gotta find out, and I think this was the this. I mean, this whole this one strategy built boardroom. Um, oh, if you think sure. about it, because yeah. Mal Martin and all those guys, Eugene Schwartz, they were super good at bullets. Yeah, and so many info products can be sold could do a lot better job using more a lot more bullets. I mean, yeah, probably the best bullet writer today is maybe um, Ben Settle. I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, he's he's a very tight niche. So I don't mm-hmm. know what he would do outside of his own products. Yeah. But I mean, I, I can't tell you how many products I've bought off one bullet. <laughs> yep. Ben, you know? Ben Settle, uh, Bob Bly. Yeah. He's he the does. one that comes yeah. to mind. Cause that guy, every, if you read a letter from him, it's full of bullets. Yeah. I think that David just takes Dodge good too. research. Yeah. David yeah. Dodge. A lot of the old school guys. Yeah. His bullets are short, but, but yes. they always hit the mark. Yeah. And it's, 
Yeah. And I love the ones that reference like page numbers or, you know, minutes uh-huh. in the training or module numbers or something like that. Like, cause it feels like, Oh, I can just turn to this when I get the product. You never do typically, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. Unless you save the sales page, right. which I've done before, but, um, and then you're kind of, the only problem with that is sometimes you're let down by the, the answer to the bullet, you know, mm-hmm. just like a riddle. Like you're like, Oh, I should have seen that, but still works though, man, to sell. I think yep. ChatGPT can really be a big help in this regard because you can feed it uh, parts of the text, of the book itself, and you can you can get it to basically pull out key ideas uh, from certain paragraphs, from certain pages, right? That gives yeah. you proto bullets that you can then use to just customize, make it sexier, use that thing that you know Clayton Makepeace uh, that that little resource, the twenty one um, yeah. bullet secrets. And and it cuts your your time to create amazing bullets in a lot, a lot. Yeah, and that's right. another great example. It's like, but you don't have to know that one, I need bullets in this section. Yeah. Two, I need a certain type of bullet in this section. So there is still some of that in there. But yeah, I'm gonna have to play around. I haven't asked it to do bullets yet, but I'm gonna add, I'm actually gonna put in like you are Mel Martin. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, here's the paragraph give me three bullets out of this paragraph and see what it does. Cause I think that would be a, a fun little test to do. Also, you can, you can start something like, uh, let me just paste it here. Uh, just, a, just a prompt that I've been experimenting with. You can say you're an expert marketer, copyright and amazing persuasion. Actually, I, I got this from, uh, from, from someone else, uh, but it still works really well. I want you to rewrite the text below into, X number of bullet points. Each point, each point must be specific, vivid, expansive, in detail, unique, interesting, unexpected, and emotional. And then you give it the text, and it gives you bullets. And sure, most of them are gonna be meh, but you're gonna have a few really good. And yeah. you can do this like one after the other. You can say, okay, give me more, give me more, yeah, give me you, more. Yeah, what I've done is like if I say let me let me have ten, and you know three are good, and the rest are kind of like you said meh. But I say give me 10 more, like one, six yeah. and seven. Yeah. You can do and that. And it's too. like, okay, boom. Mm-hmm. You know, cause yeah. it remembers and it's, and it's not like a junior copywriter. Like it doesn't get offended. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't get upset that it's having to rewrite right. or that seven of its 10 ideas were not that good. It just, it just keeps going. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, John, can you can mention I, that audio again? The Gary Halbert audio? Um, the Gary Halbert All-Star Audio Series. All-Star Audio. Okay. I don't know exactly where you can get it from. Probably if you Google it, you're going to get it. It's like, I don't know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, something like that. Definitely worth it. Really good. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah Jonathan's in out. his car a lot, so he'll he'll be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Well, uh, Chaba, tell, um, as we wrap up, I mean, Jonathan, first, do you have any other questions? I know we've been... I've been hogging the the mic. No, I mean, uh, you know, I think that, you know, going back to uh, chat GPT, you know, we've had, um, I guess a few weeks ago when we had <clears throat> one of our guests, Bill Mueller on with uh, story sales machine, you know, one of his takes on that. And I'm sure that, you know, you can, you can look at, you know, AI in two different directions. You can look at it from a negative standpoint, or you can look at it from a sense that, you know, there's one thing that AI can't uh, replicate is my own personal day-to-day experiences as a copywriter. And if you're using that, you know, in your copy, if you're 
using your own stories. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, I think Bill told us, you know, he keeps a diary of like everyday experiences, like every day, the, <laughs> the stories about nothing that happened to him every day. Yeah. Like being utilize. in a checkout line or, and noticing something exactly. or yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, and you know, that that's one thing that you can't get from chat GPT. And I think that you mentioned earlier, you know, when you write out your daily emails, you don't use AI because, yeah. um, you know, you want to write from your own perspective. So, uh, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I could be completely wrong on this and maybe I'm naive, but, uh, you know, I still think that there is always going to be a resource of people for, you know, for people that can write for, from a personal point of view, I mm-hmm. guess, and share their story. Yeah. I think it'll do a good job of, of mimicking that. Um, yeah. but I think, and you know, there's the old saying that that, which is most personal is most universal. Absolutely. So, yeah. Even if chat GPT made up stories, but if they understood, it understood that, that things that sound personal are very universal and it's going to be able to compete with anybody writing a personal email. I mean, it just will. And, yeah. and so I, I think you have to harness this, but Chaba, what do you, where are you at on it? Um, I think email marketing is going to, is going to become even more powerful, uh, especially personality brand based email marketing. Cause people still buy from other people they know, like, and trust, right. and they don't, exactly. they do not know, like, and trust chat GPT. In fact, I'm already seeing lots of, uh, lots of backlash against mm-hmm. this whole uh, like technocratic uh, brave new world style future, <laughs> and a lot of people like just like how we have I don't know all sorts of uh, uh, custom made leather bags nowadays or something. We have lots mm-hmm. of artisanal stuff. I think um, some like Ben Settle is not going away. You can you can probably going to be able to train a Ben Settle bot though, who will yeah. be ninety five percent as good as Ben Settle because you feed it all the stuff that Ben Settle has ever done. Exactly. And then who's going to tell the difference, yeah. right? That's another thing. But um, right. I do like that see- idea of art, like the artisanal type thing. <clears throat> I think that's true. I think there'll always be a market for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like, you know, there's people spending, like you said, you know, you can go to office Depot and pick up a kind of a faux leather bag you know, yeah. for 59 or 99 bucks, or you can go to Saddleback Leather and get handcrafted, you know, with a story and, you know, it's 500 bucks, you know? Yeah. And, yep. And also so, I think there's always going to be people, lots of people, like a huge percentage of the population who are going to be anti-establishment, anti-whatever. So they're right. going to be like, no, I don't know, because of, all sorts of reasons i'm not gonna engage with chat gpt or a robot or an ai or something screw them right i want to buy right. from people yeah i think you'll see like um badges or certification not certifications necessarily but maybe a badge on websites that says mm-hmm. uh no ai use <laughs> or something like that like for sure i, I think you'll see that AI free zone yeah AI like free gmo zone. free you're gonna see ai free exactly yeah, yeah. um That'll, yeah, that'll and there's there's going back to that authentic, uh, you know, authenticity. You know, people. You know, it's like Sean said. You know, people like you know all of the ads today are going back. If you see a lot of them on Facebook, it's like going from faux leather back to uh, craftsmanship. You know, people mm-hmm. want the quality craftsmanship. Well, they're gonna probably want the quality, 
you know, the, the, the skill set of someone who is a writer and not just, you know, a robot out there who, but here's, but here's the thing, the masses, the majority will fall in step with AI and, and choose it. Absolutely. Sure. I I have no doubts about that because it'll be the path of least resistance. Well, yeah, yeah. And, but I think that's where, you know, copywriters, it's like I had a conversation with, you know, a, um, an expert in the, you know, 3d printing industry earlier today on a different show that said, you know, 3d printing is, is, is customization. It's, you know, because we were talking about for the automotive industry. So he's like, you know, what 3d printing today is, is not going to replace manufacturing, but it's, it's a uh, ability to make customized parts for specific vehicles that are customized that automotive manufacturers are charging a premium for because people don't want to want the same. They want premium. Right. Right. So I think that copywriters can, the best copywriters out there can distinguish themselves to say, do you want customized? Do you want, you know, do you want original, you know, content? Do you want, copywriting from an experienced pro out mm-hmm. there you're going to pay a premium for that so i think that the people that are going to be hurt the most in copywriting are the, but the ones that are you know the guys that are just out there begging for anybody and everybody yeah absolutely also yeah. another example smart watches like there are plenty of people who use apple watches i don't because i enjoy mechanical watches that's exactly it. and there yeah. are still plenty of people out there who are willing to pay hundred thousand dollars for like a patek, patek philippe or something that's right. right that's a great example yeah yep yeah 100 percent right oh absolutely because there's people out there that it will test the smart watches and they'll be on them for a while but uh, you know they there's like oh man i, got, I was I'm one of those back. i'm going back to the uh yeah. old school yeah I just went no watch because I was like, I just I, like I hated getting the notifications on my wrist and just constantly right. buzzing. It's, I hated it's so it. distracting. Yeah, it's like the Kindle. You know, everybody jumped on a Kindle at first, but like mm-hmm. you're like, this sucks. I want to go back to a real, yeah. a real book. That's an interesting thought. Like, will it go through that kind of cycle? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think it will to yeah. a certain degree, probably. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see. Well, Chaba, this has been fun. We could talk shop all day. Um, what's the best place for people to find out more about you? I've got your website pulled up. I assume that's one place. Yeah. Where can I buy all your stuff? Yeah, also <laughs> here, but if you, if you drag it out a little bit, cause now it's kind of like <laughs> in a mobile view in a sense. So that's why you don't see all the menus and everything. Uh, yeah. um, so this is kind of like the mobile view. Um, but yeah, you just go to gameofconversions.com. Uh, you can explore the site, something even better. If you go to, if you click the click the free seven part guide there, so basically that's uh, oh there you go there you go now it looks looks good. Uh, so gameofconversions.com forward slash memoirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you click that one, it it uh, basically brings you to the landing page where you can sign up for this seven part uh, guide about the neuroplastic belief shifting framework, and it's pretty cool. I think it's definitely worth checking out if you're copywriter as well you can learn a lot from it because it's like uh teaching by showing so mm-hmm. i do eat my own dog food here and then at the end if you do decide to like uh enroll into my breakthrough conversions academy program then uh you're not gonna re- regret it by the way even like brian kurtz and kevin rogers have guest trainings in the program itself so um and lots of oh, nice. lots of video testimonials in there as well so yeah, it's uh, it's. I went through the through the 
the whole seven part series today, this morning. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely got some cool stuff. If nothing else, you'll learn some stuff as you mm-hmm. go through the, go through the copy. So, um, definitely worth going through. You'll learn a little bit of copy history. You'll learn a little bit more about Chaba. You'll learn about, I mean, just, it, it is really well done. Um, good content in there. Uh, and then watching the segue, like notice what he's doing when you read it, not just in how he's doing it. Yeah. Um, if you can not get caught up in the actual pitch going on. So who knows? Also, like when you subscribe to this, you also jump on my list and uh, lots of people do enjoy reading my emails. So uh, yeah, some good. of them are super funny as well. Um, so definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm a fan. So um, obviously, because had you on the show so yeah where do you find those markup like we were going through your markups on this uh those uh sales letters Mm -hmm. what about them yeah where where can our listeners find those because i sure uh i'm just gonna give you the direct link to it i'm just just gonna post it so basically uh when you subscribe to this you're gonna have an option on the gary halbert style thank you page it's a long form thank you page based on uh what gary halbert actually did once people um sign up for some of his stuff mm-hmm. uh but at the end you're also gonna find uh a link to this but okay. here's a direct link if you want to check it out it's it's less than a buck basically per sales letter breakdown so okay. it's like very cool yeah we'll post that in the show notes this is just the checkout link. page yeah um awesome yeah i want to check that out that's, that's nice is there a different page you want to give or is this you just want to um i mean this is fine also the the landing page that we just talked about the okay. game of conversions slash okay. memoirs because that's my okay. primary landing page okay all right well, we'll put those in the show notes which you can find over at persuasionbythepint.com and look you know actually for people who are like super eager they were like okay i'm sold on this guy here's a direct link to break to conversions academy okay we will uh oh there it is okay it's uh game of conversions.com forward slash you join breakthrough conversions yeah we'll post that link it's pretty long it's a longer link this one yes. yeah um yeah so i've i've highlighted that's actually the whole <clears throat> link in the highlight if you're watching the video yep. mm-hmm. um does have hyphens join hyphen breakthrough hyphen conversions Yep. Uh, iPhone Academy as well. It's a longer link. Most people don't get this only oh, yeah. after they read most of my, uh, like lots of my yes. emails and they went through the mini course. That's why the, the landing page is short. It's just memoirs. Yeah. yeah we'll put a couple of links on the, on the show notes page yeah. and things like that. Um, just go to episode 303 and we'll have those links on yeah. the show page. Yeah. Or just watch the last few minutes of the, the show. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> job, it's been fun. Um, yeah. You got a minute while we wrap up to hang out in the green room. I want to ask you a couple questions afterwards. Sure. Of course. Okay. I know it's late there, but we will not take long. What time is it there? It's uh, 11, 29 PM. So almost midnight. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's so. fine. Used to it. He's still well, young. He, yeah, exactly. When he has that You're baby young. in a month and a half, this will not be fine. That's true. So. <laughs> there you go. I'm training for that, basically. That's yeah, right. exactly. You won't sleep anyway. So and I'm a night fine. owl anyway, so I usually go to sleep at like 1, 1 a.m. or something. Okay. My brain, this is the time when my brain starts to really, really turn on. Oh, cool. Well, well that'll had, change as your kids we, get older. I promise you. 
I or as you get older, period. So. <laughs> all right, we'll put you. Thanks for showing up. Um, yeah. Appreciate all the insights and all the resources and things like that. Um, we'll have to have you back at another time. Next yep. time, I'm going to um, have some super fancy beer with me. There you go. That's good. Appreciate uh, you got any trips so scheduled to the U.S. anytime soon? Um, maybe in September or October when there's the uh, annual Titans event. Brian Kurtz. But basically, I'm a member of, here you go, Titans Accelerator. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the masterminds that Brian has. There's also a bigger mastermind called Titans Mastermind, and uh, they are having an event two or three times a year, and I might be able to join uh, this year. So we'll see. Well, keep us informed. That way, if you're if you're in and you got a, an hour, maybe we can have you back on the show at, at a little, little more reasonable hour for you. Yeah, but, uh, sure. Sure. All right, we'll put you back in the green room, and then we'll be back to you in just a minute as Jonathan wraps up. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. I enjoyed. I loved every minute of it. Good. All awesome. right, Jonathan. That's good that stuff, fun. man. That's great um, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Listen to that a few times and pull out some nuggets. No doubt, time. man. Definitely go check out the the you know the YouTube series, the hundred day proven sales letter challenge, which um, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab like, that right away. Yeah, there's I mean, so many good breakdowns in there. Um, you know, probably things you've heard about things you haven't, but mm -hmm. really good insights. I've been through a handful of them. I haven't been through all hundred, but they're everyone so far has been really good. So I would definitely. Well, I just love that markup of that. When we're going through that Gary Halbert letter. Yeah. And that all the videos do that. That's, he, he that's amazing. Stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'll post a link to that YouTube channel, everything. So yeah. that's a, that's a great resource. All right. Well, Jonathan, I'll let you wrap up. Yeah, man. Uh, good, good guest. Great show again. Uh, episode 303, you can find us, persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms. Um, Sean, it's been fun, man. Uh, do we have a uh, who's? Do we have a guest next week? Or? No, it's just us. We're gonna have Not to, yet. Okay. We'll have to make something up next Friday at 3.30. <laughs> Another random flight. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. We've had a couple of great guests on, yes. so we can go back to a random flight next week. And yep. I'm sure we've got some great stuff to talk about to... Uh, all of our listeners out there, you can find us on all of your podcasts or your major platforms out there, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, you name it. Um, Sean, it's been fun. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. See ya.